0: The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Podcast. And, you know, the word community has taken on a very different meaning in recent times. When I were a lad, which was longer ago than it should have been, it prompted visions of and Jerusalem, church halls and parish councils. Now it's something much more vibrant and exciting in the shape of online and social media communities. And to discuss this exciting shift we have with us today, Elliot Serpil at We Are Resource. Elliot, how are you, sir? I'm great, thank you. With us today as well, we have Molly MacArthur, a third appearance on the CIM podcast. And as many of you will know, she is Digital Marketing Manager at CIM HQ itself at Moore Hall. How are you, Molly? Welcome back.
0: I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me back.
1: Elliot, it's no longer about these Jam and Jerusalem coffee mornings and parish councils. The online communities are something very different. What are they?
2: In terms of online communities, the shift, the change, in terms of what we're doing as as an organisation, marketers, brands, online communities are the new target audience to actually get in front of customers. Obviously, now looking at communities, Um, It's a very different shift in how we approach people, what conversations we're having with people and how how we actually look as consumers as well as marketers to engage with brands, audiences, individuals. I think what's really interesting around communities in general is they're not something new. They've always been around. So whether that's you know, the the football team you support, that's what you do in your social life, who you hang around with, what you like to do as a hobby. There's always been a sense of community. The difference now is
1: the digital aspect and how we actually access them online. That's interesting, isn't it, Molly? My slightly facetious introduction was kind of erroneous because those communities <laughs> are really just different representations of what's happening today. So the parish church, the football team, the cricket club... They're still there as communities. And what's happened here is that they have been represented as online communities. But other things have also been represented as online communities which don't relate to geography. They relate to shared interests or shared passions.
0: They definitely do. Yeah, there's a whole range of online communities now I think one that stood out to me the most when I saw it was a slow cooker community where there's like hundreds of thousands of people on Facebook groups talking about different recipes and people from all over the world sharing different recipes from wherever they are and it's it's really interesting to see and things like right through from slow cookers to parent groups another one that stands out is a is a face cream business that somehow managed to build a massive following on um instagram you can check it out it's called zoe b beauty and she started out making these creams in her kitchen and suddenly she's built up this whole audience of people who struggle with sort of different skin things that she's managed to sort of solve their problems and they talk about that in the comments and yeah they've built a whole community based on on creams which is great this is
1: absolutely fascinating Elliot because you if you try to start up a, a slow cooker group <laughs> or or a group for face cream enthusiasts in your local town and village you might only get one or two people because there sim- simply isn't enough people there in a geography uh, to make that group worthwhile but actually what Molly's saying is that these things are very possible now because online slow cook communities exist face cream communities exist. I, I suspect the list is almost endless. And that, to me, is a very important trend that marketers need to understand and be aware of, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, what Molly pointed out there was was really important, because obviously, it just goes to show the power of a community for a starting point. The fact that there is people following a slow cooker community baffles me, but not to slay That's... them. <laughs> Everyone's got their hobbies. and um, but it just goes to show the accessibility of and the power of social media and the internet and what we can achieve through this. So, obviously, these communities, which were once very local um, associations where you'd only, you know, like you said, maybe find two or three people that are interested in the same thing, you can create a group locally. Now you can do it online. It's given us access to all these groups of individuals. And as marketers, that's a little bit of a dream, isn't it? Because we get to see all these people, there's all this data profiling and, and communities that are just accessible to us. And it's just all our audiences in one space. I think the battle is where do you want to spend your time in the community?
1: It, one needs to be aware of the scale of this communitization, if I can call it that. That is 76% of Internet users now, going to research, participate in an online community. You know, even if it was only 20% of internet users, that would be a major churn that we need to be aware of. But it's three quarters of all internet users are actually participating in online communities. I mean, Molly McArthur, where do we start in understanding that trend and learning more to the point how to tap into it and exploit it as marketers?
0: I think that, that is a really, really high stat. And I think it's so so many people are part of these communities because it's their support system. It's how they find people like them and it creates a sense of belonging for them so I think particularly for brands it really helps them to get to know their audience if you've tapped into this real community of people you can look at product innovation what do they like about your product what do they what are their other problems that you really need to be solving I think it's a huge um, opportunity to learn more and grow your brand within those communities
1: is there a way of getting it wrong so a community exists it's grown organically Um, You know, you you gave great examples. I love the slow cooker. I actually quite like the faith cream enthusiasts one, just because they seem so niche. But actually, they're big. They're important for people who are interested in cosmetics or interested in cookery. Is there a way for marketers to get this wrong? That These organic communities have grown up. Marketers suddenly try to ingratiate themselves into these communities. And these people think, well, they're just trying to sell us stuff. And actually, they're not really part of our community. They're outsiders. Trying to exploit it.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think if you go in too heavy with the sales, it, people are just so switched off to it. it. These communities need to provide real value, like talking about the Sloka community or the Face Cream community. They're gaining ideas for recipes that they're going to cook in their home for their families. It's a real, creating a real connection and value. For them, like all those slow cookers, slow cooker companies are gaining from the sales of their slow cookers, they're still adding a lot of value to the audience. I think that's the key. If you're not adding any value and you're just trying to sell, the communities aren't going to grow in the first place. Or if you sort of shift from focusing on educating, helping people in these communities to then more sales, you're going to sort of lose interest, I think, from the audience.
1: Your job is to develop business. Elliot, your your job is to increase revenues and increase sales. How do you identify these communities and what are your tools and techniques to make sure that once you've identified them, you don't make the mistakes we've just talked about and actually you become part and parcel of that community and increase revenue that way? Well, it's it's an interesting one because obviously you've got to look from a,
2: a business aspect and a brand aspect, what you do solely and understand what value you give to your audiences what value they give to you. And as Molly said there, the, the sense of a community is about sharing value. And I think what what we start to need to realise as marketers is the fact that we're dealing with people at the end of the day and consumers are a lot more savvy than they used to be. They don't get suckered into, you know, sales, discount. although I can admit I do quite a lot. But it's a bit more high level than that in the sense that, you know, people de- want to deal with people. People want to deal with brands, not companies. So if you're an organization, you want to showcase yourself as a brand. You don't want to be another salesperson knocking on the door. So just going back to your question there around how do how do you challenge that and, and get involved in these communities? There's loads of different ways. There's obviously there's targeting online. You can understand what communities your audience is suit to, who you need to be within that audience, You need to understand what value they give, what value you want to give them. And it is a transaction in terms of value. It's not a transaction of trying to just sell something. And I think that's where, as an organization, you need to be really clever about what communities you're joining or creating um, and become an influencer. Because what we've seen over the years is obviously the massive boom of influencers. We're starting to slowly see through the influencer act a little bit, I think, as consumers. But the ones that are authentic, are the ones that start to cut through and actually build the genuine communities and that's how you start to commercialize build a business upon
1: a community in your business you must see both extremes of that scale you know the really expert value adders and the really clunky uh, online salesman if you like for one of a better for one of a better phrase and everything yeah. in between how do you convert the people at the sort of the wrong end of the scale to the right end of the scale, what what sort of coaching, what sort of methods do you use to get people to 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 become those value adders that you're talking about? When you're joining a community
2: or creating a community, understanding what your role is essentially. So, what do your consumers want to see from you as an organisation or a brand? Are you going to give them value without actually trying to sell them it? I feel like there's a there's a massive battle. Obviously, a lot of organisations are quite scared to give too much info away. Whilst I think we are a resource as an organisation, we've got multiple brands. Obviously, uh, Comms Hero being a key community building brand that we've created. It's about building a sense of belonging amongst the community. We praise people within the the community itself, and we converse with them. We're there when we need them to be, not when we we want to be seen. So. With communities, it's all about actually being there for them, being, you know, authentic, actually understanding the difficulties and really embedding yourself in it so that, you know, if you get a DM on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, four in the morning, five in the morning, you're there for them because often enough you see a lot of brands fall down from the sense of we're just building this nine to five transactional stage where we're not actually building relationships. And that's what a community is about, relationships. So how do brands
1: enter that relationship zone? And Molly McCarthy, you have that role at CIM itself. Your job, it is as a digital marketing manager to build a sense of community around CIM itself as an organisation. You approach this one as we spoke about in previous podcasts from a social media aspect. What role do social media tools have in creating that sense of belonging that Elliot's referring to?
0: I think um, different social media platforms have got sort of different ways of doing that so um, we've had on Facebook for a very long time Facebook groups where absolutely anyone can start their own group share it with their communities and really start to build an audience there. LinkedIn also have LinkedIn groups so you can start a very specialist group about whatever profession you're in whatever sector you're in and location and then I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of this through on Instagram recently and they're doing a lot more to sort of promote communities so they've got they've just recently released a close friends list so even as a business or um, online influencer creator from a creator account you can add um, a close friends list within your um, community so even if you've got a hundred thousand followers you can sort of drill that down to a thousand people that are really in your close-knit community and, and communicate with them so there's a few different um sort of Areas within each social media platform that allow you to really leverage the community and build on it even more.
1: And we've been through a sort of big digital experiment or social media experiment to some degree in the last couple of years because we've been limited for much of the last two years to digital interaction. What was the biggest? pandemic fueled shift you saw in digital communities, Molly, you know, how is it and how is it? and would you say that sh- shift has been sustained since we've been able to go back to the cricket club and the football club and the parish council?
0: I think that's really interesting. At the beginning of the pandemic we saw people were spending way much more time online. They really wanted to keep connected with their families and communities. They were really worried about friends and families and how they were getting on when they were isolated. Um, I think we saw a real rapid growth amongst communities particularly so we were talking about earlier about communities in different locations doesn't matter if they're local or far away I feel like in in lockdown we saw a lot of online growth amongst local communities there was a real sense of wanting to support local businesses that may be struggling a lot of these local businesses probably might not have been like online even before the pandemic but they were sort forced into it for survival and the community really sort of rallied around to support them and in different ways online so I think a lot of a lot of communities and businesses smaller businesses saw massive growth um online over the pandemic and I think particularly in the sort of um educational groups there was a lot of growth so every parent was thrown into homeschooling practically overnight so a lot of educational providers a lot of um, companies that provide educational resources for children and um, they were sort of bombarded overnight with hundreds of thousands of parents that were storming to their communities to find out more about how to sort of help themselves in that situation and there was a bit of uncertainty around what was going to happen and people worried about job losses and things like that and how the, and how businesses would recover from this. So we saw huge growth in the sort of educational side of things with people really wanting to upskill online and whether that's through sort of brands that provide formal education or influencers and creators that are just providing really insightful stuff online for free that they can sort of upskill themselves at the very low to, to no cost online.
1: Molly, that's absolutely fascinating. Elliot, how has that affected your business, specifically post-pandemic and pre-pandemic? Yeah, so obviously the
2: shift in digital transformation Molly was talking about has been massive across the whole sector. And we are a resource as a marketing services provider. You know, we deal with comms and marketing people day to day. And obviously touching on the topic of online communities, talking specifically comms hero, um, there's been a massive shift for us. So just to give the listeners a bit of an overview of Comms Hero itself, how it started, what it's about, um, Comms Hero was created in 2014 by our sales and marketing director, Asif Chowdhury, um, which has been a bit of a, a, a baby to We Are resource, which we've nurtured, looked after over the past seven years. We've got a full team supporting us in terms of building that community, building that brand. The, the idea behind Comms Hero and the community itself is that, Comms and marketing people are fundamentally really, really good about at shouting about how well their organisation is doing, how they're communicating, but they're really modest in what they do day to day. So it's the unsung hero role. So comms hero is there to to gather all these comms and marketing people and celebrate, you know, the epic work that's done in the sector, no matter what sector you're in. It's the role, and we do have this saying as well: you don't have to be in comms to be a comms hero. So we're not just limiting it to comms, marketing. It can be anyone, because at the end of the day, as individuals, we're all marketers. And um, if you're part of a business, you all want to be that marketing front. We wanted to put an event on which actually engaged with comms and marketed people. All too often, events can be a bit monotonous. So we thought, let's mix it up, make something engaging. And we created Comms Hero on the back of the idea of an event within eight weeks. And then since then, the popularity has grown, the word spread, and we we've, we've built upon that. I massively believe it's come from being authentic, that consistency. There was a massive shift, because obviously we, we'd we been in this situation where we had annual events, which gathered groups of people together, which could no longer happen. But just because that, that's the case doesn't mean we can't get people together. Obviously we've built this brand through solely online and obviously conversations. There was a massive opportunity there to actually get people together, keep our name in front of mind, keep that support going but what it's shown is that community and online community can be so strong when done in the right way. So obviously not trying to commercialise every aspect of it, it's just a fantastic tool to be speaking to our audience as an organisation, we are resource, but showcasing what value we can offer through the services, through the packs we've sent out, but without actively selling them to these individuals, but as goodwills and celebratory. So, The power of digital has been more prominent than ever because of lockdown. Um, And I think that
1: will continue from now on because of the accessibility. A couple of things from Pat there. I mean, first of all, it's very interesting that the actual online community has been very cogent and and very powerful. So you've been able to build up a a community online uh, without being able to do it for a period uh, in, in, in person. Uh, the, the the thing I was was desperate to ask is that why marketers are so modest about themselves. The whole premise of your uh, of this of, of this product or this service, if you like, is that marketers just, just aren't very keen on blowing their own trumpet. Why? Why not? They're too busy blowing everyone else's trumpet in the organisation. They've got too
2: much going on. It it's as simple as that. And obviously, you know, it, it is one of them roles that in the past has probably been undervalued i'd say obviously lockdown was a very interesting one because when when covid initially hit i think the importance of comms and marketing roles suddenly became a lot more prominent than previous because now what we've been doing the day-to-day marketing stuff for all these years covid's hit. we're going into lockdown we need to communicate with people and now we need to be front of mind through this period where business is shaky most likely in most instances where we need to be in front of customers in front of our audiences who's going to do that it was the marketing departments and comms departments so you know the heroics that have shown over the past couple a couple of years has been fantastic because we've been able to share that as a, as a community and i think what's really important about comms hero is you know we build champions within the community so we don't need to necessarily market ourselves. We just need to be there spreading the right message, keeping in contact, and people will do the championing for us. You're a curator of
1: these these heroes. You're there almost as a neutral voice to give these these people, these heroes of our industry, a platform. Yeah, 100%. And I think that,
2: that's what Coms Hero is all about. You know, we've got a fantastic team here, and we're, we're in a position where we we've got a very open mind to how we treat our marketing ourselves. And obviously if we're approaching our own marketing in the way that we want to showcase for our customers the marketing will do the work for us we don't necessarily need to worry so much about you know selling the individual products although we do as a business but it works for itself because if you're curating that if you're building this brand up within organizations you know who's the first person they're going to think of then when they want to work on a commons piece, a marketing piece or a project. Who's done it really well? Who's built an online community? Uh, we are resourced it. And I think that that's what's nice about it.
1: Build it and the revenue will naturally come, is, is the message, is it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it, it's all down to authenticity. I think you've got to be relevant. You've got to keep up with the times and actually understand your audience. And what we've done with all our brands we've created, and I know we've created plenty, but we build relationships and it's about people to people marketing. It's not, we're not trying to do business to consumer in a sense where, you know, we're dealing with people as an organization, we're dealing with people as a person. And I think that's what's nice because if you understand your audience and where your audience lies, as predominantly Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, we're there, we're active, we're engaging with them, but we're building relationships. We're not We are worrying about the commercial aspect in the background in terms of, right, how do these convert? But we're not forcing that on people. And I think that's where businesses can easily get it wrong, because they see a community, hell for leather, straight in there with their promotions, discounts, ads. And they're not building a genuine relationship. They're just looking for
1: one thing. And people see through that. Are are social media platforms getting this, Molly? Are they grasping this. It strikes me as an extremely important lesson that Elliot's giving here. In your experience, are social media platforms really grasping this trend of community-related content and how to sort of subtly soft sell, commercialise it without being a hard, clunky salesperson about it?
0: They definitely are. I know this is something that Facebook has been focused on for quite some time. There was a lot of research done into how um, online communities, people spending too much time online is infecting their real life relationships in communities and how people don't even say hello as they walk past each other in the street anymore so facebook really picked up on this sort of negative press that they were getting and made this promise that they were really going to push communities so they do a lot in the background and without promoting themselves to support financially smaller communities and um, all these communities that we were talking about here and they do a lot to develop the tools and the groups that we were talking about with different functionalities they have focus groups and surveys where they really try and build on what they've got there Um, but yeah I think all social media platforms are really aware of this and some move faster than others in developing I think LinkedIn is one that's particularly slow in this area but Instagram and Facebook are really doing a lot to push that.
1: Why is it slow LinkedIn? What's, What's it getting wrong?
0: I think it's it's potentially just the way their business is. I know they tried Stories recently, which is years after it had been bought out by Instagram and other platforms, and it just didn't work. I think it was it was a nice idea. I think it could have been a really great insight into people's day-to-day life. What's it like to be a CEO and getting snapshots of people's days? But the way that it was set up, it wasn't, um, most people, I think you use LinkedIn on a desktop, and you don't get stories on the desktop or you didn't at least when they rolled it out so they've sort of missed the mark a little bit there and way too late in the game so I know they've they're they're scrapping the whole um stories now but yeah a little bit slow
1: it'll it'll give us all hope that one of the biggest social media platforms in the world to get some things wrong sometimes that's a lesson for us all Elliot how are you innovating at Hero and trying to get ahead of those trends so you don't make silly mistakes like LinkedIn did I'd like to say it's really simple for us
2: but that'd be too easy wouldn't it but basically it's just understanding what what your customers are looking for where they are what's relevant obviously I'm not there on TikTok just yet, and I don't think I will be at all dancing. But, you know, if you take a look at the new social media platforms that are coming out, you know, TikTok being a massive one in terms of growth through lockdown, organisations that have taken advantage of that have reaped massive rewards in terms of building the communities. But equally, there is negatives to joining certain communities in terms of all social media platforms, because you've got to be very careful what your brand perception is as well. I think that that's one really important thing to know especially with using your brand online to engage in online communities you're now more under the spotlight than you've ever been with online so anything you put out there on the internet it will be seen it will be saved it's on record so As a brand, you've got to be very careful what conversations you're jumping into, who you're having conversations with, what communities you're getting involved with, and equally just how you want your brand to be perceived. If you're quite a serious brand professional, TikTok might not be the account for you. You might be more focused on LinkedIn. So understanding what is relevant for your audience is a massive way to stay ahead of the curve. And I think that digital transformation that has forced everyone onto the internet a little bit It's about staying ahead of that curve and trying something different. There's a a saying from from comms hero, which is hashtag dare to fail. And that's what we try to do day to day. So everything we do as a brand and as an organization, we look to do something a little bit different. You know, if, if you're pushing the boundaries with your brand, as long as it's sensible, you'll get a response. If it fails, it will fail. But without trying, you'll never know what's going to work and what's going to be that, that differentiator for you. Um, and it's about standing out now because the crowd, the community is so saturated with other organisations, with everyone online. You do have to stand out. You can't just do the standard schedule posts. I mean, one really interesting thing from what we do as an organisation, um, we don't schedule any posts. So everything we do from tweets to LinkedIn posts is all done by someone at that time because you can very easily fall into traps with scheduled posts of you don't know what news is coming out that day. So you've got to be very careful. You've got to be ahead of it. And at least people know it's authentic then because it is current. But that's something that's worked
1: well for us. Is that the future then, Molly? Innovative, sort of failing fast and being very, very responsive in the way that Elliot describes
0: yeah definitely I think that's really interesting to hear that you don't schedule any of your posts and I I do see companies um fall into that trap where it's sort of the same repetitive thing that's just out on a schedule but yeah I definitely think the sort of online communities will continue to grow I think we'll see sort of a rise and fall with trends come and go maybe slow cookers won't be the hottest thing for a long time but right now that's that's what is and um yeah I think they'll go from strength to strength
1: Do you have faith in the marketing industry to continue to sort of extract that value? I mean, fascinating testimony from Elliot is that the way to extract value is to not try too hard to extract the value, which is to create the platform, become part of that community, and the value in terms of revenue will naturally come too. Do you have faith in the industry to sort of get that, get to grips with that uh, sort of soft sell um, approach and extract the maximum value from these communities in the years to come?
0: Yeah I definitely do I think as long as we're focused on the value what are we adding to our audience there's a really good book actually that talks a lot about this it's called Superfans by Pat Flynn and it will tell you in detail all about how to build a really engaged community online so I definitely um, recommend giving that a read if it's if building an online community is something that you're working towards but I think the key is sort of being clear on your vision and your purpose what value you're going to add um, and like Elliot said just being engaging replying to comments I Is really key because that's sort of getting people love it when you engage back with them. They're taking the time to tag you in a post or reply to something that you've posted. And if you're um, giving that time back and responding to them, I think that really starts to create the connection.
1: Be a comms hero then and be rewarded, Elliot. Yes, yes, love that. (laughs) Thanks very much for both of you. And I hope that you will both return on the podcast very soon. It's been fascinating talking to you today. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Look no further for your own digital marketing community. Join us as a subscriber of the CIM Marketing Podcast today to make sure you're up to date with all of the latest episodes. You can also join the conversation by following us on your social media platform of choice, where we'll share our latest content and resources. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for the very next episode. CIM Marketing Podcast.